So I want to thank you, Sergeant Jamel, for coming in today and talking about safety-related measures. Um, it's always greatly appreciated anything that we can do as maniacs to help ourselves and our family live our day-to-day -day lives and, and be safer and, and, and do it in a safe way. So this is a special edition podcast. We're going to call it Termel's Turmoil. And we'll see if that sticks, but I like it for now, so we'll figure it out. But what is your turmoil currently? Lately, we've been hearing about people clearing their pathways to their driveways, uh, their walkways around their residences. And uh, I notice it myself coming into work in the wee hours of the morning. And people are like moose out there. They're not very visible unless they turn a certain way and make themselves visible. Uh, Humans' eyes don't glow in the dark when they turn a certain way, so uh, there's not really much there to let people know that they're there. Uh, a lot of people hopefully would start wearing vests and, and safety belts. Um, that's one thing that I think would help us uh, be seen out there when we're clearing our driveways and stuff, because all too often you see people getting way too close for comfort to the roadways. And that's the thing that, especially when the roads are slick, you don't have uh, much stopping room there. So that's the one thing that um, I know I see that from, from people clearing their walkways on my way into work and I just want to make sure that none of our maniacs are engaging in that kind of activity without making sure that they're they're being seen when they're out there. So you mentioned the reflective belts. What are some other things that, that people can do to ensure that they're remaining visible? A lot of the times this time of year is there's so much snow accumulation around the walkways. Um, these banks are getting way too high around people's houses. So not only is it hard to see when they're pulling out of their yards with their vehicles because they're at a certain level, um, it's also hard to see when they're just clearing snow from their walkways and stuff. So if they're going to get too close for comfort to the roadways, they need to be able to see at least over their eye level to see if there's any oncoming traffic and stuff. So there's that that factor of people being able to stop if they need to, if they if they see you, if you're getting too close to the road. Um, and that's the biggest concern is just being, being seen by the, the drivers on the road because <clears throat> It's a stacked deck. They're, they're just not being seen as quick as they should be. And the, and the thing is, like, no one likes going out and having to clear out their driveway. It's the last thing you want to do after you've been, you've been working all day or the last thing you want to do when you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But the thing is, is that when you get out there and you're, and you're especially if you're snow blowing, it's easy to just make a pile of snow at the end of your driveway and leave it there. Just take the extra extra minute, right, and, and, and maybe move it a little bit further out or adjust your chute so it goes over that bank and starts creating a snow bank behind that one because, if you like as you said, if you keep building that up, it's not going to be good. And eventually, it's going to come tumbling down, too, and, and that could be an unsafe matter as well. While we're on the topic of snowblowers, what are some things that our maniacs can do to ensure that they uh, are operating a safe machine? Or what should they be doing while they're operating a safe machine? Mainly the thing that people do when they first purchase a snowblower is they get it out of the package or they get it into their garage. And they the first thing they're worried about is starting it and running it right off the bat. First thing people should do is is get that manual that came with, with the with the package and read through that thing back to front and learn all the safety precautions that come with it. Because all too often you hear about people that you know, might not have adhered to the, the safety precautions within their snowblower and they're unaware of certain certain uh, features that it has. And because of that, they might suffer an, in, an injury when just having that knowledge from the manual would help them that much further. Um, 
And so another thing about snow blowers is making sure that you're, when you're refueling it, making sure that the things stop prior to refueling it, making sure that before you stick your hand in the auger and unclog it, either the auger itself or the chute, making sure that the engine stop prior to messing around with that. And basically that comes from reading through the manual and making yourself aware of all those things. Just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying too, as exhilarating that reading can be, you also have the option too. If you take your model number of your snowblower and you Google that, and any there are going to be videos out there, um, videos from consumers like you and me, and there are also some videos uh, probably from the manufacturer as well on how tos and. And, and instructional videos on how to start that up. Also to piggyback on sticking your hand in the auger. A lot of newer snowblowers now will come with, a, with an attached, um, almost like an unclogging stick, I suppose. That you could, that, it's just one more safety precaution. I don't have one of those on my snowblower, but I do keep a piece of um, like an 18 inch two by three uh, on my snowblower that I can I can kind of stick in there just, just in case. You a know, stick, you, just not your hand. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. want, you don't want like a final destination thing going on where uh, even though it's off, you never know something could happen. And, you know, it's just in the wintertime, uh, as most of you know, whatever can go wrong will probably go wrong. And that's not being negative. That's just the reality of the the reality of the beast. Just don't give it a chance to happen is basically what it comes down to. The other thing that comes into play, too, is if you can limit your casuals that are around you when you're snow blowing, because that shoots not just going at a slow pace it's coming out and plus you could have rocks or anything else dancing around in the snow when you're doing your snow throwing so um you think about the catastrophic injury that it could occur just from throwing a rock not just at your window but another person that's around while you're snow blowing especially your kids you know that can happen too so just make sure that uh you're aware of what's in front of you when you're snow blowing because you've got moving parts going on you want to make sure that you limit any kind of interaction that could come with that. And I think sometimes we take for granted when we're engaging that auger. I've, I've told this story before, but just a few weeks ago, my tire chains came off and I sucked that up in the auger. And those are those are stainless steel chains and it bent those like they were nothing. So those augers are pretty powerful and you know, that that can't imagine what that would do to skin and bone if that if unfortunately something like that happened. Whether it was you know yourself or an unfortunately a family member or the neighbor's dog, you know, so as sad as that would be. But for those people who do who don't snowblow, what about shoveling? What what can people do to avoid back injuries or slipping on the ice or any of that good stuff? Well, if you're lucky enough to have anti-skid soles on your boots and everything like that, or if you're lucky enough also to have a pair of uh, spike wear or anything that can be an accessory uh, strapped to the bottom of your shoes, that'll help, especially when you're shoveling especially if there's snow or if there's ice underneath the snowy surface that you're shoveling um, also if i think of shoveling kind of like i do lifting because it's basically what you're doing so always lift with your knees and not try to straighten up with your back so much and do all the lifting like that and it's kind of like a herky-jerky thing for a lot of folks but you can definitely minimize your injuries if you think of shoveling as you would lifting and let your legs do the work you're going to feel the burn yes but it's better to feel the burn in your legs and buttocks than it is in your back your lower back especially and they make shovels that are back that support that right that are designed to, to not engage your back as much i think right yeah they've come a long way you go through lowe's or home depot or whatever your specialty store is and you'll see a, a huge array of shovels nowadays that um despite the odd looks and the offsets or whatever um, those are designed to help you do it more effectively and uh, be able to sustain longer minutes of time 
shoveling because we're in the Northeast, so get used to it, unfortunately. What about plowing for those who plow? Do you have any safety tips on plowing? Basically, when it comes to plowing, use the same caution as you would if, if you were a pedestrian. Think of it as uh, you have a lot of pedestrian caution to worry about when you're out plowing and just uh, some people aren't as reflectorized and as visible in these conditions that you're normally plowing. Nobody plows on a nice sunny day where it's clear and there's hardly any snow. There's always snow falling, uh, drifting going on, snow blowing, uh, and so you have to be extra car careful when you're out plowing. And there's solid objects underneath the snow, so there's definitely all kinds of uh, things to be wary about when you're plowing. Even even when it seems like it's safe and you're you're on a long driveway and you're pushing that snow at the end of the driveway, I would, you know, it's just like when you're at the range uh, qualifying on your weapons, you need to be aware of your backdrop. Be aware of what's on the other side of that snowbank and be aware of what, what, that, what you're pushing that snow and ice and gravel and dirt onto because again you know it could, it could be it could be something that you left out in the yard it could be the charlie brown christmas tree that you, you put there or it could be the neighbor's dog it could be a toyota prius it, whatever it is it could get destroyed pretty quickly and i know we and i know we run into that too around the base you know you hear about mishaps equipment damage where we're not sure what's underneath that snowbank and stuff it could be a fire hydrant which has happened um and it's totally understandable but at the same time as long as we're keeping uh a stake in the ground or something to keep that area visible where it would be otherwise uh, covered with snow. And so as long as we're proactive about that at the base and at home, we can minimize our uh, our chances of doing that kind of damage. What about uh, non-tangible precautions that, that our maniacs can take, like, um, like maybe keeping an eye out, especially during the winter months, for what the weather is going to be like in the, in the coming days and, and planning ahead for that, especially for you and your family. I mean, what would you recommend for that? Never hurts. And I get on that soapbox rant every now and then, and I kind of blur the lines between emergency management and safety. And they kind of go hand in hand sometimes, too, because if you can do one thing ahead of time to prevent you from being out on the road, searching down a gallon of milk or, or formula for your for your young kids at home or whatever it is, whatever situation it is, we all have unique situations. So whatever you can do to keep yourself from being out in that snowstorm when it's an eight inch brawler out there and at home with your family where you should be, taking care of their needs and stuff, should you be needed, you're more needed there than you are out on the road uh, trying to navigate these crazy main conditions that we have to put up with. So if you take anything other than that, away from this then then I'm then good but <clears throat> that's the main premise there is to keep people off the roads and uh, you know the, we get into that prepper mentality thank God for these shows that are on TV nowadays but there's a there's a hint of truth to the way we live around here because you know we don't live in Virginia where you know we might have a winter storm knock us out for a couple days and then we're good to go for the rest of the winter but over here it's like you know we live it we we need to get used to having a little bit of a a little bit of a prepper mentality so that way you know we have a few days worth of of water on hand we have a few uh calorie enriched pieces of food in case something happens i know not everybody lives in the bangor area where everything's so close to get to and stuff like that and some of us that you know 
basically are living off their generator for two weeks at a time. That's just the reality of the way it is around here. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. And it, it really kind of correlates with everything else that we do on a daily basis out here is, as long as we can prepare and, and um, plan ahead and, and be one step ahead of anything that could happen. You know, we're that better off once those things actually do happen. Like, God forbid, a, the power outage, like you mentioned, or um, some substantial storm or, you know, your neighbor's dog gets sucked up in your auger. You know, any of that stuff, if we can prevent that from happening, that's that's definitely good. What about items that we can keep in our cars during the wintertime to keep us safe if, if we happen to break down or have an emergency? Car batteries, they're always good to us in the summertime, but when it comes around to wintertime, they always give us some trouble. And we know some people uh, that work in the building over here, they've had battery issues and usually it only rears its ugly head in the wintertime. So what I suggest is if you can get a, uh, a jump start kit to give you that cold weather assist, especially in the wintertime, you might go out to the store and this is when it happens. You go out to the store, you're out in Timbuktu, wherever you name it, and nobody's around to give you that jump when you need it most. So um, just think about that kind of thing that could happen and that might prompt you into making that little purchase to help you jumpstart. Also a good thing to have in your in your vehicle would be a, a blanket because you never know if you might be stranded for a long enough period of time. Something to keep the warmth in that much longer while you're waiting for help. Um, road flares. Seems like something we don't talk about that often but when you're stranded on the side of the road, um, somebody sees a road flare and they're gonna know you need help. It's not just be in, sometimes you might see someone with blinkers on and you know, it seems commonplace and it gets to be white noise after seeing blinkers on the side of the road. But you see a road flare, someone's gonna know you need help and they're gonna more than likely pull over and give you a hand, hopefully. If they, you know, they have a paper bag over their head with a chainsaw in their hand, make sure you don't stop and help them out. Just a proof. We probably should put that in there. You never know. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned blankets. Uh, wool blankets are always good, right? Because they're they're fairly inexpensive and they're they're warm. Plus they're semi waterproof and they can still keep you warm even if they are wet. So that's always a that's always a good thing, I think, um, to keep in mind. Plus you mentioned the um, the booster kits, and I, I'm, I actually just bought one a couple years ago for somebody for Christmas. Then you can get a really good one, fairly inexpensive, um, for like sixty bucks, and that I mean to me that's worth it. You can, you can even charge your cell phone or any electronic device off the same piece of equipment that you leave right in the trunk of your car. Yeah, that's more incentive, especially in this day and age, because if we can find something to charge our cell phone and some, something like a cell phone, that's really, that's our lives on that. So um, any, any kind of uh, connectivity with the outside world and anything that can lend itself to that, that's a, that's a bonus. So it's good to hear that they've incorporated that into the emergency roadside kits now. It makes sense. Absolutely. Everybody has a phone and if it's if your phone is dead and you're trying to call for help, you could always plug it in and you'd be good to go. You send up the bat signal and you can be rescued. So that's awesome. Is there anything you want to add, Sergeant Vermel? Uh, it's always a joy to sit down with you, Sergeant Sinclair, and go over all these different scenarios. And these podcasts are certainly a way to reach out to people who uh, maybe not Aren't, aren't really reading the emails that safety sends out as long as we're getting this message out to all our maniacs. Absolutely, that's first and foremost. And secondly, we wanna make sure that your, tar your turmoil is alleviated. And I think that we've neutralized that here today now that you've got that off your conscience. So hopefully ho hopefully these are, like as you said, these are good tips and tricks for, for our maniacs so that they can, they can remain safe and especially throughout the winter months. And we've had a pretty harsh winter comparing 
compared to last winter that we've had. We've already got three times as much snow. We all work long hours and we come home and you may be fatigued and you may be, you might be tired and you might be careless and that, that usually follows being fatigued and next thing you know you do something unsafe and you slip and crack your head on the ice or, or whatever. So we, I, I do it. we all appreciate you coming in and talking about this. You're, it's always good to hear from you and um, until next time on uh, Turmel's Turmoil. Uh, I like it. It'll stick. We'll see if anybody, if we have any backlash on it. So thanks again. You betcha. Thanks, Sergeant Sinclair.